I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Happy New Year, Kiki. Happy New Year, Tuesday. 2022. 2022? Let's hope not. <sighs> okay. Last week, we our, our last full episode, we did Loki, which was the most talked about thing in 2021, at least as far as our listeners were concerned. So we're and, and I think most people, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it did win the People's Choice Award and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start 2022 with probably the most polarizing film that came out of Disney last year. That would be Cruella. The prequel story of Cruella DeVille. Yeah, Disney's been been doing a lot of these with their villains. You know, famously, they started with Maleficent. Yeah, Maleficent. You could probably throw in Frozen. They actually straight up did Wicked, their own version of Wicked with Oz the Great and Powerful. You know, all of that stuff. Really, my personal opinion was Disney couldn't get the rights to Wicked. So we're going to make our own Wicked with Blackjacks and Hookers. Yeah, yeah. But they. They're trying to look at their villains because the Disney villain brand is one of their biggest, uh, second only to the Disney princess brand. Yeah. And they're trying to, I think, revitalize the Disney villain brand and also look at it in a slightly different way. Taking these villains and kind of making them anti-heroes. Because that's what they kind of did with Maleficent. And that's kind of what they do here with Cruella. Because when the first trailer hit. People thought that this was going to be Disney's Joker. Because Joker had just come out at that point. That we're going to see the fall of this sweet innocent girl. And how she goes psychotic and becomes this mad woman Cruella. Yeah. And it wasn't that. No, it and then the other thing we got was when people first started seeing the movie, we had the big meme. Yeah, that that Cruella became evil because Dalmatians killed her mom. And spoiler alert, it isn't that either. We'll get into that. But if you still see, to this day, anybody spreading that meme, that's how you know they didn't watch the movie. This, the best way I can describe this movie to somebody is, if The Devil Wears Prada was a heist movie. Also, if The Devil Wears Prada was more interesting to me. Because this movie is more interesting to me than The Devil Wears Prada. I've seen both. Uh, yeah, also set in the 1970s with a killer soundtrack. Yeah, uh, this movie has an aggressive soundtrack. Definitely uh, filled with 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 that 
that UK rock sound of the, of the 60s and 70s. Yeah, which is the thing I love. I mean, I that's that's my kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, the 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 music in the soundtrack is is not an issue to me. Um sometimes how it's used is 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 a slight issue to me. This film I watched it. I'm not going to lie to you. When I first saw it, when it first came out, I sat down to hate watch it. I was, I, I, I sent a message to a friend of mine and I was like, okay, let's, let's do a, a group watch. And we are going to mercilessly riff this thing. We are going to rip it apart. I have read the spoiler, which I believed. I I read that spoiler about Cruella hates Dalmatians because they killed her mom. And I'm like, I have to see if it's true. And if it's true, this is going to be such a cluster fork of epic proportions. I have to hate watch this. We're going to like get drunk <laughs> and we're cause it came out at a moment. I, I think it, it was probably near finals or something. <laughs> and I just needed, I think it came out like right after I had finished grading or something. And I was like, I just need to, have a moment where I can, <laughs> I can, you know, have a movie watch evening and get drunk and make fun of a bad movie. And that's why I watched this film. And we were about 20 or 30 minutes into the film. And I, I sent a message to my friend. I was like, am I liking this? <laughs> and they were like, I, I, th- I think we are. <laughs> I think we're liking this. (laughs) So uh, this was probably the biggest surprise of 2021 for me as far as Disney stuff. And this is right at the beginning of of, of the spring. Yeah, it was it was kind of early in the year. But I I was so shocked when I watched it because I intended to hate this. And I ended up kind of liking it. And then, you know, I watched it again more sober because I was like, well, maybe maybe it was just me being drunk and surprised, you know, that the spoiler was wrong. And I watched it again sober and I was like, no, I I think I legitimately do like this. And then, you know, watching it on the rewatch for the podcast, I was like, no, I really do like this. This really holds up for me. This has been talked about for a while and had been delayed a year and a half because of COVID. Because this was supposed to come out 2020 at some point. And then it came, it got pushed back and pushed back. And finally they released it in spring 2021. And yeah, they the- were able to finish all of the all of the filming, at least the the major filming before COVID, fortunately. Um, so that wasn't the problem, but um, they were hoping that the the theatrical release, you know, they were hoping like, oh, COVID will blow over and then we'll be able to give it a big theatrical release. And <laughs> that didn't happen. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. 
I know. But luckily, we got, uh, I think, yeah, we had that Disney Plus premiere access, so people were able to see it at home. I wish they were still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's, how, that's how I watched it. I watched it through the premiere access. I gave it, you know, and yeah, I was very surprised at this movie. Like you, I was willing to come in here, oh, it's going to be another cash grab. It's going to be another attempt to turn a villain into a hero. And I was surprised of what it came up with. It, The best way I can really, again, either, other than what I just said, but it's like, if you had to give me an in-universe ex- explanation for this movie, this is if Cruella wrote her own autobiography. Yeah, I think it's a, it's much easier to see this as Cruella telling the story, which she she does in the film. I mean, she's narrating which, the which is story. like Maleficent. Maleficent is Maleficent telling her side of the story. So of course, the person we assume to be the villain is going to make themselves the hero of their own story because that's how everyone looks at things. I think the reason we ended up liking this as much as we did is because of our feelings on 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, yeah. Which, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't, but spoiler alert for the end of that episode, we did not like it. Yeah, that one has not held up over the years, unfortunately. They did some great tricks with the animation, with the limited, with the image that they had. But, but it's, it's not a good story. And honestly, Cruella in that film does not really hold up as a great villain. And we came to the conclusion at the end of that, that the only reason she's remembered as a good villain is that is a banger of a song. That and I, I think I've I think I said it there, but that and you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, in terms of diss track villain songs. Yeah, and I mean, maybe you could say that the Grinch one is deserved, but in the context of 101 Dalmatians, Cruella doesn't really deserve that. And we came to the conclusion that Roger Darling is kind of a bag of Richards for that one, isn't he? And this one doesn't help Roger's case. Yeah, this movie does not help Roger's case at all because he comes off in much the same light. Uh, He comes off as more incompetent than he does in the original film. And again, that's probably because Cruella is telling the story and she doesn't like the guy anyway. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you, you end up liking Roger even less at the end of this one, but... Yeah, amazingly, um, Roger is a successful lawyer who gives it up to become a musician, and then not a very good one. The, the thing about this, though, is, I mean, I think that most of this film rests on having possibly the two best leads you could have put in this film. Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, the Emmas. Yeah, putting these two women against each other was brilliant. Because Emma Thompson really acts like the Cruella we know. Like, book Cruella, movie Cruella, that's Emma Thompson, but it's also more vicious, more evil. Like she's willing to do she's willing to kill people to per, to 
advance her own career. And then you have Estella, who just wants a chance to show how how great she is to the world. Yeah, and it is kind of fascinating that Emma Thompson was not originally going to be the Baroness. The the Baroness. I had heard that they were going to get Glenn Close. Well. Uh, that was not what I heard. She, Glenn Close was, she was the executive producer. I had heard that they really, really, really wanted Nicole Kidman. To, I can buy it. I can to buy be it. the Baroness. Um, and then that they also went um, through uh, Demi Moore. Um, and, uh, Charlize Theron, um, in, in there as well, while they were looking for people, um, and then they, they eventually got to Emma Thompson, which I think was the perfect choice. I'm not sure it would have worked as well, because this is a, a black comedy, I think, more than anything. And Emma Thompson is excellent at comedy <laughs> more than the other women kind of in that uh, lineup there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it doesn't work quite as well without her chops at comedy. Because people forget that Emma Thompson came up alongside like Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. Like she used to work with with them. Uh and so that's that's where she's coming from on the comedy end. So when and you're when you're doing when you're doing dark comedy in this, she's doing that and then she also has the the drama bit to be a murderer, you know. <laughs> so when she has to switch over and be like and now I'm going to murder you to further my, you know, fashion house. You can believe that, too. And we have Emma Stone, who is an amazing actor. And we again, we last talked about her in Spider-Man, but, you know, she can do more than just play Spider-Man's girlfriend. Well, yeah, of course. Um, but she's amazing in this movie. Just, uh, I mean, obviously putting on an accent, but it works in this one. And Multiple. she is she is of course mimicking the the same kind of thing Emma Thompson's doing. And it's not just you know your your run of the mill British accent, but she does multiple accents in this movie, changing, you know, making it very clear that the way she talks as Estella and the way she talks as Cruella are completely different. Yeah, she does have very different personas for the the two. Um, I do like the fact, you know, you said that a lot of people thought that it was going to be Joker. It was going to be like, how did this sweet, innocent little girl become, you know, evil psychopath? And that's how the trailer first fit it, because you had her and her as Estella going, you know, oh, I just want uh, the the chance to show what I can do. And then the end of the trailer is, I'm Cruella. I'm going to I'm going to take what I want. Yeah. And trailers, you know 
Trailers can the, lie. We know that. The director never has any, you know, input into the trailer, and it always ends up kind of messing up the the design. But when you watch the movie, you do see that even as a little girl, you know, when she's talking to her adopted mother, as you find out, that she's got that snark in her. She's got that. And it's her, her mother that says, you know, her, her adopted mother, you know, but it's, uh, Catherine, you know, that, that raises her, that, that gives her the, the moniker Cruella that she says, you know, remember your name is Estella, not Cruella. And, gives that side of her that name of like what do you say to Cruella when she wants to come out and play you know it's like well thank you but go away you're not wanted here and you know all right i want to put another side here that i believe this is an in-universe Cruella biopic there is no way that black and white hair is natural (laughs) only Cruella would make a movie about herself oh yes my black and white hair is totally natural i was born that way yeah, I I really wanted it to be a reveal that the Baroness also had that black and white hair. If that that would have made a lot more sense because we see her for the first half of the movie with this wrap over her head. Yeah, she has that kind of turban style, which was a very popular style at the time. You know, to, to that those those turban head wraps and stuff, and all, and I. I wanted it to be like, oh, you know, at some point that falls off of her, gets ripped off of her, and it's revealed. Because honestly, the fact that that's going to be her birth mother is pretty freaking obvious. (laughs) Pretty early on in the film. Um, I, I don't think it's the grand shocking reveal the film wants it to be. But you know, because they spend so much time with Emma Thompson's head in these turban wraps, I really thought they were going up to, um, you know, and they spend so much time of like, cover your hair, child, put on a hat, you know, you don't want to see anybody with that hair. Um, and so much of the, the Baroness saying like, oh, your hair, is it natural? You know, even when, uh, even when, her first appearance as the the per, the Cruella persona, uh, Baroness is even saying, "It can't be, can it? No, no, it's no way. I'll check though, because it would make sense if she also had the black and white hair. That here is another person with black and white hair. Maybe she is my long lost daughter. It can't be. She's she's dead and blah blah blah. blah yeah, blah. and but they never follow through on that reveal. Um, yeah. And I I don't know why, because it would have been really cool, you know, and it would have been like, well, the Baroness would have been the sort of vain woman to be like, my hair is weird. I am going to cover it in turbans and wigs and what have you, because that is not normal. But punk styles in the 70s. Cruella would have been like, well, black and white hair seems kind of awesome. You know, people are trying to dye their hair to look weird. They even mentioned it in 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 the film where you know that's the trend of the young people these days is dyeing their hair weird colors. 
yeah, and Cruella just has that naturally, so why wouldn't she do it, you know? Um, and but you would have seen that, you know, the the Baroness would have would have tried to cover that, and so it it would have been really a neat reveal, and the movie did seem to be building to that, and then it just never pays off, which does kind of bug me. <laughs> it's, like they, uh, it's like they chickened out at the last second, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but they do kind of do the thing. Let's talk about the spoiler that isn't a spoiler, because I do want to talk about that scene and how much I hate people not understanding film. I don't know. It's like, yes, it's partially correct in that the dogs, the Dalmatians, the Baroness's three Dalmatians that she has, are responsible in part for Catherine uh, Cruella's mother's death. Okay? But But, the first first half of the movie... Cruella blames herself. Yeah, Cruella thinks that the dogs were chasing her and ended up running into her mother by accident. Because so Cruella see- blames herself for the first mo- chunk of the movie. Yeah. It's my fault. I'm the one who lured the dogs out there. They were chasing me, and they ended up running into her and knocking her off the cliff. Then she sees the whistle that the Baroness has, remembers hearing the whistle, puts it together that the Baroness whistled for the dogs, and that's why the dogs jumped over her and went for her mother, knocking her mother off the cliff. Then she blames the Baroness. At no point does she ever blame the dogs. At no point does she ever mean to the dogs. She has a dog of her own buddy. Yeah, she has a she has a dog. She lives with another dog, and the only thing she ever says to the dogs is, "You would you would make a fabulous coat." And then she laughs. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And then she says, "I'm kidding. I'm kidding." And then there is the thing where she creates the fake Dalmatian pattern on her coat to make the Baroness think that she's done something to the dogs in order to make the Baroness angry towards the end of the film. And people are debating if her coat was really made out of dog. Yeah, I, they, they, there's that scene in, in, in the, 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 news, the news report, and people are still debating whether Cruella's coat was actually made out of actual Dalmatian fur. Yeah, and then somebody says... You didn't really do that. She says, of course I didn't. And we almost immediately see that the dogs are okay. I mean, the only reason she kidnapped the dogs to begin with, the whole first half of this movie is her mother, her adopted mother, gives her this necklace. And this necklace has, she has worn this necklace her whole life. So after, on the day of her mother's death, she loses the necklace and it's in the Baroness's hands. So she's going to steal back what she believes to be her mother's necklace which is true in more than one way yeah because her mother says this is your family heirloom your birthright you know you're gonna so she thinks the baroness stole her birthright Mm -hmm. okay 
fair enough. This is where we get to the heist. Yeah, this is the heist movie part of it, okay? And one of the Dalmatians swallows the necklace, so she steals the dogs because she doesn't, she can't tell them apart, and they're waiting for the necklace to get pooped out. In that's one, it. That's it. But they treat the dogs fine. That's, and that's the other thing people hate about this movie. They're like, but she's supposed to be a dog murderer. And I'm like, you like that better? There's even... <laughs> okay. There is part of this movie that implies there is a relationship or at least feelings. But the only feelings in this movie, the only love affair in this movie, is between one of the Dalmatians and Cruella's dog, Buddy. Yeah. And it's like, like throughout the second half of this movie, the Dalmatians and Cruella's dog keep looking out the window, looking for each other. And there's even a scene where one of the uh, one of the Dalmatians kind of lays down in a welcoming position, looking over at Cruella's dog, Buddy. She looks over at them and said, I'll allow it. <laughs> so we get the impression that that is the where we get the puppies at the end of the movie. Yeah, except that's not where we get the puppies at the end of the movie because that that you would not get puppies that look like that <laughs> from that pairing. Again, I'm just going to go ahead and disabuse you of that. I idea. mean, it is it is the only legit relationship, romantic relationship we see in this movie. Although yeah. there is a second one that is if you're looking for it, it's kind of teased. Because there are moments where it looks like uh, Jasper might be catching some feels for Estella here. Oh, yeah. Jasper is mad in love with Estella. That's... Yeah. The fact that he breaks into the fashion store to put her application in to get her a job because he knows how much she loves fashion. Yeah, no, no. Ja it, that's that's not if you squint. That's, 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 that's text right there. That's not subtext. Um... But, you know, she just doesn't have the feels back, especially as Cruella. Yeah. But the thing is, is that everybody's kind of mad that they took her from, like, puppy murderer to not murdering puppies. Do you really want to see a two and a half hour movie about the origin of a puppy murderer? I mean, that's a not a, that was a, one of the big things going against this movie. Is that this woman murdered puppies. We've seen the movie. Or she at least wants to murder puppies. So are we going to see the story. Of the woman that became the puppy murderer. And we're, we're supposed to believe that she's not such a bad guy after all. Yeah I mean honestly that's kind of what I hated about all the previous versions of this story. Is that I don't really want to sit around and watch a movie about puppy murder. And I'm not even a person that has a problem with the use of fur in clothing, to be honest. I, I mean, I, I respect people who do, um, but I'm not one of them. Uh, but, you know, it's just like I, I, I always kind of thought that that was not a really a thing that I was down for, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want you don't want to know how the hot dog gets made, pretty much. Well, no, I'm okay with that as well. I mean, I'm I'm not 
queasy about knowing where my food or my fashion comes from, to be honest. It just, I think the only time recently Disney has been able to turn a puppy murderer into something interesting was Agatha Harkness. And that's <laughs> really only because it's one line. You know, it's like, I killed Sparky too. But it's because she killed Sparky off camera. And we don't really have to deal with it. And also, Sparky was a construct of Wanda's imagination. Yeah. Um, it, it's just hu- humans and dogs. There's a thing about humans and dogs, you know? There's, it's, there's, an, there's, an there's, entire... there's, there's about to be a fourth John Wick movie based on that premise, okay? Well, like, you know, we kind of t- mentioned it before. Like, there's a website called Does the Dog Die? Where you go to see if an animal is harmed in the movie. Yeah, I I I watch like an entire YouTube channel just about the most horrific, you know, horror movies. And yet like one of the major trigger warnings the YouTuber gives is an animal will die in this. Like it's like 700 humans get horribly maimed and murdered in this. No trigger warning. An animal gets like mildly punted. Trigger warning. You know, it's like there's something about humans and animals. I'm just gonna say it. You know, the thing is though is that I think that they come up with a far more interesting way for her to be villainous. You know, puppy murder is a very easy way to be like, and they're evil. And that was the the Agatha Harkness joke. Mm. And I and I killed your little dog too. You know, it's that that's such an easy way to be like, and they're evil. Uh but I think Cruella is a much is on a much more subtle path to evil by the end of this movie and I think the uh psychopathy of the baroness is also a bit more interestingly evil than uh, I'm going to round up puppies and murder them uh which I respect a bit more it's more of a I Yes, it's a Disney movie, and it's, things are, are exaggerated, but it's more of a realistic evil in that, oh, you know, I didn't like your fashion design, you're fired. Uh, well, you want to buy me out? Well, I know where your your secret account is. I can ruin your life with, a, with, with one word kind of deal. I think it's a bit more where we are at as a culture right now. Mm. As to what we consider the real evil. You know, I, like when 101 Dalmatians came out as a as a film, you know, um, and as a story, I guess, you know, when when you're dealing with the 50s and, and 60s children's stuff, it's like, well, what would children think is evil? Well, what about a mean old woman who wants to hurt your puppy? But now it's like. Well, what do we need to get across to children now? It's like, well, understand that pretty sometimes can hide ugly things. And understand that 
unchecked ambition and greed without empathy is not the way to go. And understand that the person who birthed you is maybe not the person who is your parent, but the person who raised you is, you know, it's like family is more what we make it, you know? And I mean, we even hear uh, Cruella say later in the film is that even though she wasn't my birth mother, she was the nicest person I have ever, I ever known. And also, um, you know, that's what uh, Mark Strong's character, uh, John, uh, that's what he says about Catherine was that she was the kindest, most caring person he had ever met. That she worked in the Baroness's household, and yet some somehow that that never touched her. And it's even also Cruella going into that. Well, because my mother, my biological mother, is the most evil woman in the world, does that mean I'm also going to become evil? Am I also going to be as sick and twisted as she is? Yeah, and there's even a, a line towards the the end of like you know where Jasper says something about you're you're not a murderer or a psychopath or something and she's like well I'm young yet <laughs> like <laughs> you know it's it's kind of the the nature nurture thing it's it's Cruella is just suddenly discovering like well I was raised by the nicest woman on earth but I was birthed by one of the most evil so it's also it's also getting lost in a character because yes we say that estella already already had that mean streak in her we see her at the beginning of the movie having that mean streak in, in school it's how she ends up meeting anita but she decides to you know i'm going to be a good person i'm going to even though i she has to steal to eat with Horace and Jasper, she's still a good person up until she meets the Baroness. You know, she's going to actually earn her keep in her job. You know, she's going to take, do the dirty work. She's going to work her way up from the bottom. But the interesting thing is, is that it's also a question of societal expectation. Because here's the thing is we see her in school, yes, uh, when she meets Anita. The students that bully her are arguably evil. They, they are up. bullying her and Anita. They are they are throwing them in in dumpsters, they are punching them, they are making their lives hell. Yeah, I mean, for Cruella, it's because of her hair. For Anita, um, Anita is black in this movie. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's probably a racial thing, and they seem to be in some sort of, um, I I forget what it's called in, in England. It's it's called something different. It's not a private school. They use a different term. Charter? Um, no. No, I don't know. Um, but they, they seem to be some sort in some sort of exclusive school in in England, you know, um, with with a paid tuition and uh, all that uh, sort of stuff, some sort of fancy swanky school, and um, 
the boys, it, it's primarily boys, but the, the boys that are tormenting uh, Estella and Anita never seem to get in trouble for it. But the second Estella defends herself or Anita, she is the one given marks and uh, punishments and told that she is bad. Yeah, to the point of being expelled. Withdrawn. Yeah, <laughs> Catherine withdraws her the second before he the the headmaster can say expelled, um, so that it will not be on her record, and that hopefully she can get put into another school. Um, but um, but I mean, we see it even today of the boys will be boys mentality, and it's never said it in this movie, but you can kind of get that's where they're going with this. Yeah, boys, yeah, boys will be boys, boy, so they'll they get off. But the girl acting like a boy, the girl fighting, the girl doing all this stuff in sports, can't have that, even though it is the 60s and the women's... Well, would that even be a thing in, in, in the UK at the time? Oh, I, I, I don't honestly remember, but um, probably. The, the thing is, though, is that um, we see that the Baroness gets away with all sorts of horrific behavior because she's titled and she's wealthy and she has power. And when Estella tries to do very, very minor things to assert herself uh, in very similar ways, but much less harmful ways, when she tries to offer an idea to her boss, for instance, or when yeah. she tries to, you know, stand up for one of her friends, or when she, you know, sits in a park, <laughs> you know, and gets chased off by a cop. Um, and all versus the thing when the Baroness says, you know, I own the alleyways. I, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's uh, very, I mean, that's seen in, that's very Disney in that she even says, look at your contract. Yeah. I mean, for, for those of you who don't know, if you work for Disney, anything that you create is owned by Disney, whether you're on the clock or not. Yeah. And it's like that for a lot of companies. So yeah, uh -huh. here's so here's Estella on her lunch break, just doodling a, a design on her pad, and nope, that's that's mine now. It's because it belongs to me because you work for me. It's why um, it's why she has to get Artie to do the work, you know, in secret for all of Cruella's stuff. Yeah. Um. Because if Estella is seen to have anything, you know, of course, that particular thing is a setup is a setup because she knows that Baroness will be watching. But but yeah, I mean, that is that is a, you know, all the the non-compete clauses in in various contracts and all the, you know, even if you design it on your own time at at home and all that kind of stuff, it. It belongs to the company, you know, 
You, nothing belongs to you. If you have a thought in your brain, you cannot write it write it down, you know, sometimes. Uh, because if there's a paper trail that you, you thought of it at, a, at the time you were employed by them, you know, they can retroactively own it. Um, but my, so, uh, what I was trying to say earlier oh, is yeah. that, you know, Estella creates the Cruella persona to, you know, to because she needs to have this, you know, in order to counteract the barrenness, she ne- she also has to have that over-the-top persona that she creates, you know, letting Cruella out, as she would say, you know. You know, Cruella's been cooped up in her brain for so long, it's time for Estella to take a back seat and Cruella to drive. And over the course of the movie, Estella gets lost in this character. You know, they're even talking, hey, we're, we're not on the job. Why are you, you still using that voice? Why are you still ta- uh, dressing like that? If we're, 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 we're home. It's just us. And she just says Cruella gets things done. And she just goes complete, completely into that character to the point where you kind of feel for Horace and Jasper because these are two guys that took her in, raised her as their sister, the three of them as since they were children, the three of them together. And they're even saying, hey, this is not what we do. This is not part of how we make our plans to the point where they feel like they're losing their friend. They're losing their sister and Estella to this Cruella person. And, both of them, you know, for in one way or another, love Estella. So they're going to keep doing this because Estella is their family. But they're both kind of, you know, kind of fed up with Cruella by the end of it. And you kind of feel for those two guys because that's what the, that's the thing that shocked me. It made me feel for Horace and Jasper. It made me care about the about the hired goons in this movie. Yeah, that was the shocking thing to me as well. You know, it, it, they just want their friend, their sister, their partner to succeed, and he she's treating them all of a sudden and getting lost in this persona, treating them like garbage. You made me feel for these two. Why you made me feel for these two? I was also really shocked that uh, that Jasper was uh, his stars of Lorac. <laughs> <laughs> from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm just uh j- just uh you know going from being a husband to Daenerys Targaryen to uh being a henchman for Cruella Deville is uh that's that's a that's a move. <laughs> And it's kind of, I mean, at the end, you know, kind of skip to the end for a bit. We'll, we'll come back, but skip to the end. When Horace is crying over Estella's grave and Jeff is saying, well, she's right there, guys. She's not really dead. I also felt for Horace because in Horace's mind, Estella is dead. The Estella, Estella persona no longer exists. The friend that he made when he was a kid, his sister is gone. And now he's stuck with the Cruella persona. Even though she tried to say, you know, these are my family, you know, these are my, you know, at the end she kind of turns it around and, yeah, I've been, I, I, I've been mean to you, but we're, we're going to make this work. But she's right back to acting in that Cruella persona right at the end of the movie. So, 
I feel for Horace in that in that in that ending. Yeah. I will I will say though that um it's interesting to me that we have the the bit that the Baroness kind of surrounds herself with all these people and she herself is such a complete psychopath and yet the people around her are not really again we get roger who's her lawyer who is he means well but he's still an idiot and you have all these other people that work for her who you know they're not evil evil they're just the baroness tells them to do something and then they do it you're not wrong but you know well, the thing is, is that even the person who is most most loyal. Well, yeah, the the most loyal, and you would think the most evil of them all would be uh, John, the the Mark Strong character. I mean, she's he's he's her number one confidant, and even goes along with a lot of her uh, Baroness's plans, but he ends up saving uh, Cruella's life and from the fire. She, he's the one that tells Cruella about her her lineage, her true lineage and everything, and even helps Cruella in the final part of the film. And he's the one who saved her initially, because he was given the the task to kill her as a baby and he was like uh no that's not what i'm here for yeah and you know giving her to Catherine who raises her and blah 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 but to go back to that we see the baroness and the baroness does not take the news of being pregnant very well and like, she completely does not want a child at all, but her husband, the Baron, does. And it's like, despite whatever, um, I don't even know what their relationship is like, because we don't even see the Baron outside of this flashback scene. But her own uh, ambition means more than the life of her child, and potentially the life of her husband. Because she gets birth to Estella, tells uh, tells John to get rid of the child, and the news that the child had died in childbirth is... it The, the Baron is so hurt by that that he dies of a broken heart, essentially. Because yeah, they, he, they talk about him wasting away. He wanted a child so badly that this opportunity to have a child comes and goes, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. He just wanted to be a father. There's nothing wrong with that, but the Baroness's own ambition was just more important to her. Yeah, you get the feeling that the Baroness married the Baron in order to get his money and title. I, w be I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. Well, because it it says that... Um, it, Cruella is told that she is the heir to his his money and title. Um, the Hellman Empire. 
Yeah, the uh, Baroness uh, von Hellman, which we were never told straight up in the movie. It's only in it's only written in the birth certificate and in uh, in front of the man in front of uh, the Baroness's mansion. It is interesting. Um, there, there's some uh, I- interesting uh, things about uh, baronies in England, and so I do, I do wonder about this. Uh, this, but uh, they say in the movie that she she will inherit. So I'm going to take the movie as it as it will. But uh, England has had a a bit of an interesting history with. Uh, women being allowed to inherit uh titles especially i don't uh, think she, i mean even if she never inherited father. even if she never inherited the title she still well, the would inherit the money cruella uh cruella does not inherit the title because they kill off estella and uh estella leaves the land and money to cruella so cruella does not become the Baroness, but Cruella does get the the land and money. And of course, you see that ending where she takes part of the sign down, and we get the famous Hell Hall that yeah. Cruella was in at the beginning and in the animated movie. I do want to say uh, we 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 mentioned uh, Roger uh, there for a second, the uh, Roger Dearly. Um, but. Uh, when I first saw the the film, I didn't realize who played him. So it was only in my my rewatchings and stuff that I realized who played him. But uh, he is played by um, uh, Kyvan Novak, who uh, is on uh, What We Do in the Shadows. He's uh, Nandor the Relentless um, on uh, on the What We Do in the Shadows TV series. Um, and he looks so different because you know Nan- Nandor is always in that uh, you know the the long robes and he's got the long hair and he's got the the different uh, the different kind of Eastern European accent that he does um, and everything and in this he's just kind of got his his kind of you know basic you know British accent you know unassuming kind of thing and he's got the short hair and his beard is is kind of you know done close and everything uh so he's he's very he's very unassuming and very in the background for for most of this movie instead of kind of standing out and all uh like he like he is in what we do in the shadows so it was very very uh uh, funny to me uh, to see him. There is a moment, and I kind of do like it, is that um, the Baroness kind of opens up to Estella while they're having lunch in that one scene where you know he sees uh, Baroness sees that Estella has promise. She even sees that you know, hey Estella, you have what it takes to be to have your own business. But you have to understand, you have to be cruel. You have to be, you know, you cannot let emotional attachments take you away from the goal. And that is really the only time the Baroness ever, for lack of a better term, lays down, uh, puts down her guard and kind of opens up and kind of goes, 
we get an explanation of why the Baroness is who she is. Again, it is all about the business, the reputation, the fame, the money, the glory, that you can't have that emotional attachment. And it kind of fits into the Cruella persona of Cruella not having that emotional attachment that the goal is always the most important thing. Whatever happens, happens. I do think that it is sad that she ends up taking so much eventually. At least if you take this as a lead up to... Um, the original film, yeah. The original films, which I kind—I don't want to. I want this to be its own universe because it's so much better. We are getting a sequel, so we'll see what they decide to do with that. Yeah, um, but it's so sad that she does seem to take so much from the Baroness. Because she does seem to understand that the Baroness is such a horrible person. But she does say at the end that she hopes that she has it in her to do all these horrible things. Um, but um, it's the only time anybody really does, well, anybody other than Jasper and Horace, um, really does look at Stella and says, you know, you have the ability to do something. You know, because the Baroness says you could have your own fashion house one day. You could be somebody. The you could be the next me. You just don't. You just got to get that mean streak. Yeah, you have to be willing, you know, to do it. And she even says that she admires Cruella, but that Cruella's problem was that Cruella made it a choice between the Baroness or Cruella and that the Baroness is going to choose herself every time. Like, you made it a choice between me and you and I'm going to choose me. Yeah, you're my competition now, so I have to take you down to keep my business going, to keep, to make me, to keep me as the number one fashionista in London. I have to take you down. Yeah, and I mean it's a it's a good point. Um but at the same time the Baroness is not a, a sharer, you know. Um Estella even does say a couple of times, you know, when when Baroness says, oh, look at what I've designed, and Estella means, you know, you mean look at what I've designed. But it also goes back to, you work for me, therefore anything you design belongs to me, therefore. Um, you know that meme that gets passed around of, look what I, look what I made. Oh, you made this? No, I made this. That's pretty much the Baroness in this movie. Yeah, and... But it really, it really is kind of how those, those fashion houses do kind of work. Um, sometimes the designer will get credit, but, you know, sometimes you'll see like, oh, this was designed by, you know, Bob Smith for Gucci, you know. But usually it'll just be like, you know, 
here's this starlet, they're wearing Gucci, you know? And but honestly, fair- it's not like there's really a designer anymore carrying that name. It's a whole bunch of other designers who are working for the company. You know? And Disney is the same way. Yeah, no yeah. matter who is directing or writing the movie, they'll always say, from the studio that brought you this, from the studio that brought you that, from Disney. Yeah, and there's not really anybody there with the, the Disney, you know, name still. I mean, it's there are, but... No one directly working at Disney who is directly related to anyone named Disney. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's not like Walt is still alive. It's not like Roy is, is still alive. It's not like, you know, it's... And even their their children and grandchildren and stuff might have, you know, jobs or something, but they're not the the force. Yeah, that is doing the thing. You know, they're not the hand that is doing the thing. You know, it's not like, you know, Michael Eisner wasn't a Disney. You know, Bob Iger's Bob not Iger a was not a Disney. You know, Chapek is not a Disney, but they're, you know, yeah, um, they're the one signing the checks. Yeah, they're they're just the 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 current person signing the checks and all and using the the brand and the name, and it's the same thing as the the Baroness has that whole team of designers, but we don't really see her design stuff we see her throw out things you know uh change this move that we see her but estella always has better ideas i i mean at one point the baroness may have been this great fashion designer but she's now running a company much like walt himself did that he could no longer be directly in. He can approve uh, approve things, but he's not no longer part of the direct creation process. Therefore, she gets all of these other fashion designers to work for her, and then she'll choose the best one because she still has that eye for fashion. But as you said, Cruella is younger. She has that that pulse on what her generation likes. She even says, you know, she alters one of the Baroness's old dresses. For the for one of those parties and everyone's is stunned by it. So it's like, yeah. hey, you, you, your dress, I like it. You should, it's yours. I just well, altered it. There's there's that point where you know Cruella shows up in that famous moment where she's got the makeup over her face and in, in it is written the future, and then in the next scene she shows up with the dress and she traps the Baroness in her car. And she has written down the dress, the past, and it drapes over the Baroness's car. You know, um, so I mean, it's it's it. The the film is not subtle. <laughs> um, but at least you can respect the Baroness in the fact that at some point she had talent, and at some point she did the work herself. She just got too big. Well, one, she got too big, and one, she did not keep up with the times. Yeah. Um, I I do want to talk about, we haven't really talked about, we've name-dropped him, but we haven't really talked about the best character in this movie. 
Uh, that would be uh, Artie. Art, yeah, Artie. Artie, um, easily the best character in this movie. I want Artie to have an entire spinoff series on Disney Plus. It's art, as in work of. <laughs> yeah, um, Artie is my favorite. Uh, portrayed by John McRae. Who does a great cover of I Want to Be Your Dog in this movie. Yeah, originally by the, the Stooges. And and that's that's a great bit, you know, as... as Cruella's uh, coming out in that Dalmatian dress. Yeah, as, 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 she's, as she's coming out and the, the Baroness thinks that she murdered her dogs. Um, so, you know... But, uh... They have already, you know, done up as this uh, very obvious homage to 70s Bowie slash Mark Bolan. It really kind of annoys me, I'm going to say, that while he is the best character in the movie, it is annoying because they did this whole lead up. They were like, oh, he's going to be the first original character in a live-action Disney film to be openly gay. How many first-time openly gay characters are we like going to have in these live-action 700 by now. Who, 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 who the hell keeps track? There is no point in this film where this character is explicitly openly gay. He never is shown to have any affection for men or anything like that. I mean, this is very definitely a queer-coded character. Like, let's... Obviously. Um, he is wearing makeup. He is definitely dressed like a uh, '70s Bowie slash Mark Bolan. Uh, he is dancing uh, around, you know, to Stooges songs. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a fashion designer who can sew, and you know, he's using all of the slang language. And uh, yes, very queer coded. At no point in this movie is he explicitly said to be gay. He never kisses a man. He never says, and sweetie, I am gay. Uh, like, there's no, nowhere in the movie can you say, like, there it is. That's that's the moment where he's obviously gay. Because this is still a Disney movie and we need to get this movie playing in China. Yeah, it's it's one of those things again. It's it's the you know the gay lafu or the blink and you'll miss it Loki moment or the you know isn't there one also in Jungle Cruise or something like that? Yeah, or the moment in Jungle Cruise where you know here here's to the, what's the line of here's to other paths or something like that. <laughs> I haven't seen Jungle Cruise. I can't tell you. Yeah, it's it, it's it's literally one one little line of of you know if you know if you're in the know you're in the know but if you know if you're not looking for it it's not I think the most explicit one on obviously uh, honestly has been the Loki one. Um, both, both, both. Yeah, where 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 they actually do say like yes, I have I have liked both men and women. Ooh, I th I think that has been the most obvious and explicit one because it was written by, you know, 
by queer people who were like, we we actually want this to be in the, the thing, you know. So, yeah, it's another one of, like, Disney wanting to, like, you know, be applauded for a thing they're not following through on. Uh, I don't know if there was a scene that got cut or not. Perhaps they filmed a scene where he's like, and this is my boyfriend who also owns the shop with me. I don't know. I have not heard. But um, perhaps he was promised one thing by Disney and then Disney did not deliver. <laughs> I Maybe tell you. Yeah, it won't be the first time, won't be the last time. Yeah, it, it would not be. But um, it, it, I, I feel kind of bad because it, it was such a touted thing in the lead up. And then I watched the movie and I was like, wait a minute, wasn't this character supposed to be like very obviously gay? I'm I'm not seeing where they're like explicit about it, you know. But, you know, whatever. But he's still by far the best character in the movie. I I want like a whole series where this this guy just runs his fashion shop in 70s London. That could be a <laughs> Disney Plus series right there. I do. I want it. It's it's great. I hope whatever sequel they're planning he is front and center for it because he needs to be um, Cruella's gay best friend. Hopefully, obviously, gay best friend with, like, a boyfriend or something because we could use that. But um, he is so wonderful and the actor plays him so well. And he is uh, bravo to the costume designer who and the hair and makeup people who make him look it's super duper Bowie because it's it's lovely. Um, it's also you know another another feel for Jasper and Horace because like they're just again they grew up with her and they're instantly pushed to the side for Artie. Yeah, and you know I don't I, I just I feel bad because she does treat them badly you know and and that's probably another one of her villainous qualities. Which is true to the original movie. She doesn't treat them quite as badly as she does in the film, in the original films. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's there. Uh, I do have to give them uh, props for one thing, because when we first see adult Estella with the red hair, it looks like a bad wig because it is a bad wig. Yeah, I did. I did like that that little bit there if if you're watching it for the first time oh man they gave emma stone this really horrible wig to wear and then you realize oh it's supposed to be a horrible wig because she's wearing it over the black and white hair yeah the i i like the the way that the final bit comes into play where she does the moths eating the collection and then she does her own collection where she does the fake dog coat. And then we find out that the Baroness is willing to murder her and honestly has murdered people before because the Baroness has a couple of lines there of like, yeah, I've kind of done this before, you yeah. know, you murdered my mother. Yeah. Which one? I've murdered a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, she uh she just leaves Cruella there to to burn in this fire. Cruella is saved by the 
the dogs and by John the bodyguard who saves her and tells her all all about this and uh helps her break her uh well he doesn't help her break her friends out of jail she does that on her own but uh helps her uh figure out a way to take the the baroness out and uh she she has that that lovely idea of the charity gala where she gets the the baroness to murder her basically in front of all of the muckety mucks of london including the chief of police who we see frequently attends her parties they did a really good job setting that up in the movie yeah there before we get to that part there's this great ongoing parts in the movie this once estella gets to london she goes to this fountain that her and her mother talk about early in the movie about going to London. They're going to have tea by the fountain. And every day she has tea at that fountain and she talks to her mother. And then at the end, when the truth is revealed, is that, you know, you were the nicest person I ever known, even though you were a liar. But today is the day Estella dies. I'm Cruella. Like she completely uh, lets go of her her adopted mother the Estella persona, and like, this is going to be me from now on. Like her, her saying her final goodbye to the woman that raised her. Yeah. And then she's because she knows what she has to do at that point, and it is implied through dialogue and through actions that she is going to kill the Baroness. But she even said, "No, I'm not going to kill her. I'm not going to kill her. Maybe I would, but I'm not going to kill her." Yeah. And then, like you said, we set up. They set up the party. They set up everything. They, uh. Cruella makes dresses for every single guest at the at the party, so they're all dressed like Cruella with wigs and everything. Yeah, so that she can hide in in and around the the party. We discover that she's had such a good relationship with the Dalmatians that they actually obey follow, her, follow her commands above like, the Baroness. Yeah, yeah, because you know she kidnaps it, but she takes care of them. Which presumably and, the Baroness does not. Well, they're her attack dogs, and we've seen how people treat dogs in such a way for attacking. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she's kind to them. She you know sit and they sit and they have this conversation. She reveals herself. You know, I'm your daughter. Oh no wonder you're so good. You're mine. Here, give me a. And you know it's gonna happen. Like you, everyone who's watching this movie knows what's gonna happen. And even Estella says, you know, you're gonna push me, aren't you? No, no, I'm not going to push you. No, you're my daughter. You're my flesh and blood. We can do this together. Idiot. Push. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's obvious what's going to happen. But the thing is, as everything is going, Estella has, or Cruella at this point, Cruella has set this whole thing up that every single guest, you know, Jasper, Horace, Artie, John, they're all getting all of the guests outside so they can see what's going on and as you said several members of the police force are at this event because it is a charity event they see the baroness push estella over the bridge the same the same ledge where her adopted mother was killed and baroness goes to jail for the murder of estella she jumped she jumped <laughs> i just love how emma thompson plays that off 
Like she pretends to faint and then she feel like, realizes no one's buying it. She jumped. Yeah, and I love her desperation and the, the why are you getting the handcuffs? It's obvious she jumped. Why aren't you listening to me? And again, you know, the whole thing was planned by by Cruella. She I mean, this is some Mission Impossible Avengers level thing where she builds a parachute into her dress. That is amazing. I, wouldn't work in real life, but I'm willing to let it go for the for this because it's a cool moment in the movie. Yeah, it it looks less like a parachute and, and more like a like a windsail kind of thing. And to be honest, she's landing in water, so it really only needs to glide her down. It, and... just, needs to, it just needs to stop her momentum. Yeah, it just needs to stop the momentum long enough to, you know. Stella is dead, and then she comes out as Cruella saying, well, you know, you know, Estella is Cruella. They're the same person. No, I'm Cruella DeVille. We did not need... It to... looks like devil, but it's pronounced DeVille. Yes, the, the... I don't think we needed to know how she got her last name. We already saw that she's driving a Coupe DeVille in the, in the original movie. But, yeah, uh, it, it's Horace that gives her the name DeVille. It says Devil. It's pronounced Deville. I like that name. <laughs> so Cruella sets up her own mother to for her own murder. To be fair, as as uh, as, as Cruella says in the narration, she's going to jail for murder, just not the murder that Cruella was hoping for. And as as the Baroness has said in the movie, she's killed a lot of people. It's just, this is just the only one that she got caught doing. Yeah, and and she she does say, you know, go, going going to jail for murder, just the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, Cruella getting all of Estella's inheritance and all of that. I assume that it was somehow leaked to the press that Estella was the Baroness's biological daughter. I don't know, but anyway, um, well, it it. It does show that she went to a lawyer and presented documents and willed her estate to Cruella, her good friend. And, you know, hmm. presumably there was at least a lawyer there that was willing to pop up and be like, well, in the untimely death of Miss Estella, you know. We never find out Estella's last name because even her gravestone just says the name Estella. Now, well, granted, it is her biological last name is Van Helmen, but we never find out what she was, you know, the name she was raised under. We never find out Catherine's last name or anything like that. Well, the interesting thing is that uh, Wikipedia calls her Miller. Hmm. Uh, Estella Miller. So, I, I don't know where they're getting that from, but. Uh... It's never said in the movie, so I don't know. But, uh, and Cruella literally buries her past as her former persona is buried in a presumably empty grave. She throws that, that necklace into the grave, too. She even says, you know, I'm, you know, goodbye, Estella. Cruella's, Cruella will take over now. Which is, you know, like I said it, uh, before, you know, it, it's played up as a joke, but the way Horace is seeing it, uh, Estella isn't coming back. 
the Estella persona is gone and she's going to be Cruella from now on. Well, I mean, Estella can't come back. If Estella comes back, then the Baroness can be like, well, who am I in jail for killing? But as if she's going to be acting like Cruella from now on. She's not going to be, you know... You kind of get what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand what you, what you mean. But anyway, and I mean, it is set up for potential sequels because say, hey, what are we going to do now? Well, I got an idea. <laughs> and then we get our, uh, our post-credit scene because every movie now has to have post-credit scenes. Post-credit scenes for everybody. Um. Yeah, and we see uh, Anita and Roger getting their their puppies, their Dalmatians, from Cruella, which means these are likely from the same litter. Pongo and Perdita are from the same litter, and they're also going to have fifteen Dalmatian puppies afterwards. I mean that this is this is not unheard of in purebred dogs, so. You don't want to do it for too many generations, but it's not unheard of for purebred dogs. Again, this is the this only makes sense if you go by this is Cruella telling her own story. Yeah, you know Cruella's own Cruella writing her own autobiog- autobiography. Because of course, as soon as Roger gets Pongo, he immediately starts writing the song Cruella de Vil. Which, again, is completely unearned in this universe. Just like it was in the in the previous one, yeah. Like, he has never really met Cruella much at all. In the previous universe, yeah, he barely knows Cruella, and he's just, you know, smack-talking her, as, in th- as we mentioned in, in the previous episode. But in this one, he has more reason to dislike her. I guess if he if he knows that Estella and Cruella are the same person. We don't even know that. Unless Anita would tell him that, but those two haven't met yet. Yeah, by the time he writes this song, it's he might not know that Estella and Cruella are the same person. So he's just kind of maybe going off the fact that perhaps Cruella is a person who maybe killed Dalmatians for a coat, which why would she be sending him a puppy, a Dalmatian puppy, to a guy who's maybe never met her at this point? And who immediately starts writing a song poop-talking her. Yeah, so it makes even less sense in this context. Like this, I know why the song is there because, because they're not even married yet. By the time he starts writing the song, so it like, can't be like it's my wife's childhood friend. Like the song is there because of, uh, I mean, because you know, the movie has to happen. Yeah, fan oh. bait. You know, like yeah, it's, it's there for fan bait. It's there's no in-universe reason for the song Cruella DeVille to exist other than this is a story about the character Cruella DeVille and we need to have the song in here. Yeah. We even get a reworked version of the Cruella DeVille song that puts Cruella in a more positive light during the end credits. But they would kind of have to because 
Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Does it make sense in the universe of this movie? Again, the song is a banger, but it doesn't really fit with any version of Cruella that we've ever seen portrayed. Maybe the Glenn Close version, but that's cutting it close. Yeah, maybe, but not even then, you know. There is there is one little one little bit of trivia about this version of Cruella that we can say is different than the other versions is that this one was not allowed to smoke because Disney stopped letting any of their characters smoke. They don't even let Walt Disney smoke in in Saving Mr. Banks. Which is really weird considering that he's got the chronic cough from smoking in that movie. Yeah. And but they can't show him doing the thing that gave him the chronic cough. Which is really weird because the Cruella character that walks around the Disney parks is allowed to have the cigarette holder but never put it to their mouth. Just it's holding it there. Anyway, and they also recently actually took this version of Cruella and brought her into the parks. Uh, for the Halloween party back in October, they actually took the the uh, the Emma Stone version of Cruella and you could have met that character during the Halloween party. I believe it's only during that time because that character hasn't shown up since. So it just might be a, a, a Halloween exclusive character. They do the same thing with like the Johnny Depp version of the Mad Hatter and stuff like that. So yeah, maybe next Halloween they'll bring her back. <laughs> but uh, that is Cruella. So does Cruella have the magic, Kiki? Uh, yeah. To me, it does. I I know that a lot of people didn't like it, but for me. I'm willing to let it be its own thing in its own universe. You know, we've been talking a lot about multiverses recently. I'm okay with this existing in its own little branch of some multiverse somewhere. Uh, the one thing we didn't talk about was the costumes, and I am a costuming person, and the costumes for this were wonderful. So if you're a costuming person, love, lovely, lovely costuming stuff. I mean, it's called early in the movie where 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 Jasper's uh, horse is playing with the flash paper, but still, how they set up the the flash paper coat turning into the red dress is still really really good. It's a great effect, and the way it's the way it was filmed is really great. Yeah, but but not just that. I mean, that's the most you know eye catching of all of them. But you know, there's some great nods to fashion history and. All that kind of stuff, and uh, some you know really cool, cool stuff. You know the the trash reveal, and you know just the the way certain things are put together. A lot of structural elements. The the stuff that Emma Thompson is wearing is all all really good and and well built, and you know a lot of good corseting and stuff. You know, it's really nice. This movie definitely surprised me versus what I was expecting. Like you said, the only way to really appreciate this movie is to see it as completely separate from 101 Dalmatians, that it's its own thing, it's its own universe, and 
we've seen multiple Cruellas, you know, we've had the animated version, we've had the Glenn Close version, we had the Once Upon a Time version, and we have this version. This version, this movie, as its own entity, separated from any other version of Cruella, I actually found myself enjoying this movie way more than I thought I would. Um, so I'm going to say, yeah, this one, again, it surprised me. I'm going to say, yes, it has the magic. It's at least watch, it's it's at least worth watching once, even if you are not interested in the idea of Cruella hates dogs because they killed her mom, even though that's nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, that's I don't know where people are getting that from. It's not not at all. She doesn't have, hate dogs. She never blames them for the death of her mom. That's but yeah, nowhere in this movie. So yeah, and you know. Who knows when the sequel is going to happen? We know one is happening, but uh, we'll see where they decide to go in the story from there. But again, it, 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 this movie had to be written by Cruella because there's no way that two tone hair is natural. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's move on to next week. We are going to go uh, back into the vaults of classic Disney. We haven't done classic Disney in a while. To one of my favorite classic Disney movies, The Sword in the Stone. We're going to get all our Thurian up in here. Yeah. So come back for that. And uh, yeah, check out Cruella's. Give it a shot. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I I think it will surprise you. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it will surprise you. So, yeah, check out Cruella. Come back next week for The Sword and the Stone. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And, of course, new episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it.